Hello and welcome to the latest Celtic View podcast. I'm delighted to be joined this time around by Alan Campbell, who is the Employability Manager at Celtic FC Foundation. Alan, thanks for joining us on the Celtic View podcast. Thank you very much, Paul, for having me. Now, first of all, before we get into talking about your, your five Celtic moments that you've chosen, um, you've been at the club now for nearly four years working with Celtic FC Foundation. As a Celtic fan, that must have been a special moment for you when you effectively sign for the club that you support. How how did that come about and what was it like the first day you came into Celtic? Well, Paul, it's just like any Celtic fan, it's amazing, isn't it, to get the chance to come into Celtic Park to work. Unbelievable. Um, my role as the employability manager at the foundation is it's got two fantastic elements to it. Getting to be at Celtic Park every day is just a dream come true for any Celtic fan. But also to work with people who are from the same kind of background as myself or my pals and my family. So I'll try to help people get themselves out of kind of hard times and doing that in the footsteps at Celtic Park doing that that's what Celtic's all about and that's what we're brought up to to believe that Celtic's here today so getting to be at Celtic Park every day is a dream and getting to do the job that I do is, is a dream as well Now your first day you told me beforehand that 25th of August 2014 it's funny because I can still remember the date that I first joined I think probably for all of us it's just one of those significant dates and I know you were meant to start at half past nine, but you turned up slightly early. Aye, well, supposed to start at half nine, and it was absolutely scorching, 25th of August, 2014. Um, and there's me walking up the Celtic Way about 20 past eight in the morning. I stood outside the, the front doors, just thinking to myself, stood there so many times. I stood there with my two sons when they were born, brought them up. Um, and there's me just standing with my wee white shirt and green and white hoop tie on. Just couldn't believe it. Stood there for about an hour in the sun, waiting to start at half nine. And it is incredible, I think... You know, as Celtic fans, you're obviously working for the club you support, but it is great, as you say, when, you, when you're coming to Celtic Park every day, that's your place of work, and it just it gives you that kind of, just even an extra spring in your step when you're, when you're coming into work. There's no doubt about it, and listen, I've worked all across the city in years gone by, and when you drive by Celtic Park, you always have a wee look, and you get that wee buzz, don't you? You think, oh, there's paradise, so to get up every morning and drive down, and just come into Celtic Park, it really is, it's unbelievable, do you know what I mean, you're, you're getting to live the dream. And obviously the, the, the work of the foundation, you know, there's so much goes on, it's incredible, and again, it's, I think it's it's one of those things that the fans are so proud of, because it, it really goes to the heart of what Celtic's all about, is helping other people within our community, and, and trying to help them to get on in life. Definitely, Paul, that's that's the key thing, and it's, as a Celtic supporter growing up um, in the north of the city, you You've been told the stories or you watched the videos about how Celtic was formed as a charity. It was there to help the community, help the, the Irish immigrants, etc., people in the, the locality. And then when you get the chance to come in and do that, it's just unbelievable, isn't it? It's an absolute... It really is the dream come true. And I'm probably going to say that about 100 times a day, right? But it really is. No, that's uh, yes, perfectly understandable. Now, for the, the this podcast, what I've done is I've asked people to choose five magic moments from their, from their Celtic supporting life, which you have done. And the first of those goes back to the Centenary Cup final in 1988. They're stuck! McAvenny! Frank McAvenny has won the Cup for Celtic! Absolutely incredible! And Celtic now have surely won the Cup! Now that was obviously a, a special season for all of us. Um, I mean, what age were you at that time and why why that cup final in particular? Why was that so special for you? Well, for me, that's... I was actually living down south with family. We were all down in Blackpool living and we'd all travelled up to Glasgow. Um, 
and all the parents and the, the uncles and that all went to the cup final and we were all left back home in my auntie's house so there was like probably about 30 wains all the aunties and cousins and that were all sitting there um, so what, age, what age were you then? I was nine years of age nine years of age and I remember the garden had a big Celtic flag out in the garden it was a centenary badge it was just everywhere we all had our wee strips on um, and then watching the cup final was just like everybody was roaring and cheering and obviously United got the goal and you're thinking oh no but then just being Celtic in the centenary year and it's everything we just expected Celtic were going to win like when I was nine years of age Celtic won everything in my head they were the European champions the World Cup champions they won everything so when they came back and Machiavelli scores their goals then that's just part of that was it and then for me whenever I think of Celtic obviously we're born being Celtic supporters but whenever I think that day and then that night when all the dads and the uncles and that came home that party went on for about six weeks so uh, it was just brilliant absolutely brilliant and what would your obviously your nine at that point what would your earliest Celtic memories have been then obviously grown up and, and been born into a Celtic supporting family it's just it's very difficult to just say you hear people saying oh this was my first memory of being a Celtic fan or this was my first memory we just always supported Celtic. So, like, when we come back for the hospital, there's forties is all every single way in the family. We've all got the Celtic scarves on. It's no something that I just always supported Celtic. Everybody did. Your cousins, your aunties, your uncles, everybody. So for me, I just always remember supporting Celtic. And then my dad would relentlessly tell us how they're the best team in the world. So we just believed that religiously. Do you know what I mean? Just makes me feel old that you're saying you're only nine. And sincerely, I was slightly older. But as that that particular day, it's May May the fourteenth. As my if I had to choose one favourite day of my Celtic supporting life, it is that day. Everything was just perfect about it. And I think for every Celtic fan, no matter what age, it, it probably was a, a perfect day and a perfect end to that season. It was amazing. Obviously, being nine, I was probably running in the house and carrying on and kicking the ball off the wall and things like that. So as time goes on, you watch the video, didn't you? You watch the highlights again and again. So it's kind of imprinted in my memory. But it just, the whole history of it, it was the hundreds of years. It just felt amazing. It was scorching that day, if I remember. It was just unbelievable and the way we've done it like you're talking about the parties the, the noise in the house was just unbelievable so being old enough to beat the game which I think you might have been Paul uh, must have been amazing I was just 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 about <laughs> now the second magic moment you've chosen it's also from 1988 it's later on that year it was a 3-1 derby win in November the 12th 1988 and it's all pushing and shoveling in there just now isn't it oh that's a long goal An own goal by Rangers captain. He was trying to clear that for a corner, and now it's one all. Again, just what made you choose that particular game um, as the one to pick out? Aye, so that was dead easy for me. So I just remember that game. So obviously we've won the cup. We're, we're all Celtic fans. Everybody's Celtic daft, and I remember getting the word that I was getting taken to a Celtic Rangers game, right? And for me, that was like, oh, here we go, this is just going to be unreal. And then we travelled on the supporters bus, obviously with my cousins, uncles, all this kind of stuff. It was just unbelievable. And then I remember getting taken into this place, this kind of famous place called the Jungle. So I'm only like a wee guy, and I could hardly see a thing, but it was just the most amazing atmosphere, the amazing feeling being with all your family, all the Celtic supporters. And then I remember, I don't remember seeing it, but I remember everybody shouting that Butcher had scored their own goal which seemed to get an extra cheer, um, which was just absolutely brilliant. And for me, that was just that just reminded me, just to be running all my family, all the Celtic fans, and obviously the result being free one, it was just great. It was a party the whole way back in the bus. And I suppose 
when, when you start going to derby games, it always helps if your first experience is one that we win because it does make a big, a massive difference actually in that fixture. Well, I think it took me a few years before I seen his winning again, actually, Paul, if I remember. But for me, it was just, I remember watching that on a, a video and just remember, no, I was in that crowd. And obviously the jungle being what the jungle was, I was there for like the jungle's last stand and things like that. So I didn't really get to enjoy it as much as I'd have loved to. You've heard the stories about it. Obviously, you'd have been in it for a good 10, 15 years, Paul. <laughs> I mean, you, you were staying down in Blackpool at that time with, with the family. How long were you down there before you, you the family moved back up to Glasgow? Aye, so we left. We were down there for three years when I was about eight years of age or something. Down there, it was about 11. Just all the family, you know what it's like. We all went to Blackpool and I think they just went down for a wee holiday. But then everybody just stayed for about three years. So travelling up and down in the, the Celtic Supporters Club with my uncles and my dad was, was amazing. But then when we came back up to Glasgow, that was it. I never missed a game for... I used to just jump down the bus or the train, just never, ever missed a game coming to see Celtic. And then obviously now I'm here every day. I mean, that must have been some difference you know, going from going on the, the supporters bus up from Blackpool and then suddenly you're back up in the city and as you say you're you're not you're not far from Celtic Park and it just means then just even as a young guy you can go to all the games rather than just occasionally ones when you're when you're taking to and as a as a fan that must have been brilliant. Okay, it was amazing Paul that's that I used to just travel doing myself and nowadays you wouldn't get eleven, twelve year olds I don't think just jumping on the bus and going to the game but we could just get in and at that age, Celtic were just going through that kind of patchment. It was a wee bit difficult for us, but we still believed we were the best team in the world. So there were a gang years we'd all travelled down together, still believing that Celtic were the number one team, which they, they still were. Doesn't matter if they won the winning, they were still the number one team. Um, but I, being here and doing your own stuff, and I think probably the most proud person would be my old man, you know what I mean? Because he was getting me on and half the buses. And then I think when he was seeing me travelling away to the games, my scarf he's probably sitting there going, on you go. Aye, he's done his job. That's it. Aye, job done. Now, the third of your magic moments, and then it takes us into the 90s it's the first trophy after Fergus McCann took over it's the 1995 Scottish Cup final Lachlan sends over a good cross that's awkward Jimmy Boyle scambles the ball away but only as far as McKinley that's for Van Hoydonk great hitter and Celtic are ahead Pierre Van Hoydonk scores his eighth goal in Celtic colours and sets the cup This has been typical of the Celtic play so far because the, the views are either side well. Josh McKinley gets in a tremendous cross there. And Van Hoydonk gets up brilliantly, makes it perfectly. Really gives the goalkeeper no chance, but Celtic have used both flanks very well in the early stages. And obviously Van Hoydonk there has shown the threat they possesses. Now, you were probably about 16 at that point, so you're that, you're that age where you can really appreciate it. But, you know, given you, you already talked about it, how difficult those early 90s were, I mean, that was a really important victory for us under Tommy Burns. That was the one that I just remember. So we were, we'd obviously been going to the games in the 80s. We'd won leagues and cups and we were doing everything that we could do. But for I started going myself, it was almost as if it was a wee jinx, do you know what I mean? So I was going to every game that I possibly could and we just could never seem to get our hands in a trophy. Obviously, we had that Coca-Cola Cup final and all that carry on. But when we won the cup that day, it was just amazing to see Tommy Burns because we all, Tommy's Tommy, and everybody absolutely idolises and loves Tommy Burns. And then you seen Paul McStay, people who you totally respected, loved, who'd had such a hard time at, do you know what I mean, over the years. And I think Peter Grant had an absolutely amazing day that day, if I remember. But the whole thing just sticks in my mind, because for me and all my pals, and the way that we all, we just wanted to see Celtic for a trophy. So that was like winning the European Cup for us. Just seeing Celtic lift the Scottish Cup was the best thing. Big Piers, Heather. Absolutely amazing. And you, I take it you would have been at that game? 
Well, of course, you're not going to miss that. You know, you've been going to all the games and getting nothing but going to the cup final that day. I actually remember travelling away with my pals, just excited as you could imagine, winning the cup and then straight back to my man dad's. Everybody, all the pals, back out of the old man's, and we just, as you can imagine, it was another one of the three week parties. <laughs> <laughs> you followed a lot of parties then with a Celtic one. Ah, uh, well, you can imagine what it's been like recently, Paul, do you know what I mean? But I mean, it's, it's incre- I always think when you look back to that time, it's incredible to think when you, with the amount of success we have now. That was six years between winning the, the Cup in 89 and winning it again in 95. And it's hard to imagine us going a year or two years without winning anything, never mind six years. Oh, it's, it's amazing, really. Isn't You're talking about double trebles and treble trebles. And it's just, I think there's a, a group of fans, there's, Celtic's going all the way through their history, isn't there? There's wee bits of wee hard times, right? But that's what it's about. If you're not winning, you're not winning. Celtic are still the number one club to me and my family and your family. But winning that Cup... It was just sensational, do you know what I mean? Does it take away from when Tom scored the goal in the Invincible season? That was amazing as well. But that, that year when we won it, just to see Tommy getting his sons in the trophy and Paul McStay again getting a wee result and Peter Grant and all, it was just it was just amazing that year. Well, it's just funny because I think whenever you talk to any of the guys that played for Celtic at that time, the one thing they all say is they always wish they could have won the, the title for Tommy because they knew, obviously it would have meant a lot to them, but they knew how much it would have meant to him. And it was, their, it was always their one regret. You know, if you talk Tom Boyd, Tosh McKinley, Peter Grant, Paul McStay, they, they would have loved to have won that title for Tommy Burns. Ah, you can, listen, we all wanted it so much for him, didn't we? That's the thing. But I, I think we all know that even though Vim Janssen was the manager that stopped uh, the 10, Tommy Burns played a massive part in that. So, I mean, he built Celtic. He, he got us so close to them when they were... Damn it, they were Dane and Celtic. Tommy Burns has got a legacy there, hasn't he? Let's not get on. It's so when we stopped at ten, I think Tommy more than happy with that, didn't he? No, that's a, a, an impressive, seamless link into your fourth magic moment because it is, of course, that season three years on when we stopped the ten, we beat St Johnson two 0 and that day in May, nineteen ninety eight. Boyd's looking for a possible pass, waiting for the McNamara run. It's a good pass. In for Harold Blackburn! He's done it! Harold Blackburn scores the goal, which may well give Celtic the title. 28 minutes of the second half gone, a sweeping move downfield, the boy pass, first time in from McNamara, and there's a top class finish from Blackburn. That is, and I've, I've said it in other podcasts, it's amazing how many people choose that moment because for me that's one of the most important title wins in Celtic's history, given the, given the significance of what would have happened if we hadn't won it. Well, that's it. Everybody who was there, doesn't matter what age you were, how old, how young you were, it was it, wasn't it? It was everything. Because if Rangers were to go and get the 10 in a row, then... I mean, I, I grew up listening to 9 in a row and singing about 9 in a row, so when they equaled it, they just thought, they just can't, they can't take out, is it? It just can't happen. Um, and that day, that whole season was just just the most intense feeling. But getting into that day and getting the result and just, I think I went back to the Garn Gad for a street party and all that kind of stuff. It was just amazing. It was, um, aye, it was just the best feeling. And it won the league. Remember how we're speaking about winning a Scottish Cup? So he actually won the Premier League. For me, again, it was unbelievable. In fact, I don't know if I get in trouble for this, but I was definitely running about the park that day after the game. <laughs> I was going to ask you that. <laughs> Obviously, that's just like a precursor to the fact that that's what you're doing every Saturday now. <laughs> well, aye, but I can get away with that a wee bit now. But aye, it was um, winning that one. Obviously, Henrik scored early doors and then the tension just kept building and building and building. But then Brackback scores that goal. That's just like... And again, I'm going to... This seems a bit repetitive, but that was another three-week party after that. <laughs> I mean, how nervous... Were you 
when you go into the game that day, just given the fact that we all knew just what was at stake? It's hard to um, it's hard to think about how nervous you were, cause, but it was terrifying, wasn't it? Because it wasn't just for you, it was for like your grander and your your uncles and your aunties and your brothers and sisters and all your pals. You just the last thing you want is and it was for the Lisbon Lions and Jock Steen, they won nine in a row, we didn't want anybody taking their record after them. So it was everything, wasn't it? It's very difficult to remember just now how that actually felt, but my God, I wouldn't want to feel that again, Well, We might be feeling it shortly <laughs> gone for the ten, so but no, it's uh, it was just unbelievable. The whole city was just waiting to see what happened, wasn't it? And I think everybody headed up from Celtic Park up to the Gallon Guard for the street party that night. Oh, I remember that. It was amazing. I don't know if... I'm sure you did, Paul, but I, I just remember getting up there and big pals of mine, like big Andy Cameron and all that, who'd arranged the whole thing and just... It was just amazing up there. And to see the Celtic fans have a party and winning the league, we deserved it. We'd waited a long time, so we deserved it. So, aye, that, that might have been a four-week party, that one. <laughs> Now, the fifth and final of your Magic Moments, and it's always difficult to choose a European game. There's been so many, but the one you've went for was uh, October the 31st, 2001. Celtic 4, Juventus 3. Here's Moravchik. There, I suggest, he's been quiet in the last five minutes. One of those 36-year-old legs got left, and he's been simply superb. And he puts a free kick in, which beats Trezeguet. Sutton! <laughs> Superb! Sheer class from Chris Sutton, 4-2 Celtic. That was an incredible night, you know, to, to beat a team of, of Juventus's standard and quality, but it was just such a thrilling game from first minute to last. And the only disappointment, of course, is we didn't qualify for the knockout stages, but that was an incredible night. Definitely. So I travelled over to Turin, uh, the game that they beat us 3-2. I think it was a guy called Amaroos or something, got a penalty, I'm not yeah, sure. There was something very dodgy about that decision at the end. Definitely. So, But I remember jumping over there and jumping over. I was on a bus, it took me 20 hours to get there and I think it was 20 hours to get back. Um, so going to Celtic Park to play Juventus. So I think that was our first uh, time in the Champions League, is that right? That's right, So yeah. through the 90s, you're obviously watching the football, supporting the Celtic, and Juve were Juve, they were one of the kings of Europe, and then Del Piero and all these kind of guys, and then they're turning up here at Celtic Park, and Celtic just, think Lubo, I, was always, I don't, don't remember anything specific, but I remember Lubo just being amazing that night, he was just kind of sparkling, he was all over the place, and then obviously you've got Big Sutton's absolute belter of a goal, and to beat Juventus 4-3, and for me, being brought up a Celtic supporter, and everybody talking about the European greats and the great nights, that was an amazing night, so I mean, that was just unbelievable. It was just one of my favourite nights. I always remember it, beating Juventus 4-3 and just, uh, it was fantastic. It's interesting, there was a thing, somebody put a thing up on social media recently and it was a quote from Lubo and he said that was his best game for us. And certainly his most memorable, but I think he, he felt the way he played because it was the stage that he, I always feel he was born to play on and maybe didn't get as many opportunities, but I thought that night he just showed yep. that he was a world-class player. I definitely. It just sticks in my mind that. I just remember... Because obviously you're going there and you've got to see Celtic, that's who you go to see first and foremost every time. But when there's somebody like Del Piero, you're, you've always got a wee kind of glance to see how they're looking. But Lubo was just unbelievable. He was just strolling about and he looked like a superstar, do you know what I mean? And aye, it was just a great night just to see Celtic and Henrik. I think Henrik got a penalty, big just maybe got a goal. But it was just, what a night. The atmosphere was just unbelievable. And then I think that was just been a, 
that's the kind of standard, isn't it? That the noise out there, it's just been unbelievable ever since. I suppose that was the start. That was our first season in the Champions League, but it was really the start of the kind of European adventure we had under Martin O'Neill. Obviously, we get to Seville as well, but that, that was a kind of sign that we were definitely back. Not you know just as Scotland's best team, but certainly able to compete with some of Europe's top teams. Definitely, we went on a wee bit of a run there, didn't we? We started beating everybody. Um, I, ever since then, really. So you talk about the nineties when it was a wee bit of a low, and then obviously we got the the league title, Scottish Cup. But ever since then, ever since Martin came, Celtic have been kind of running the show, haven't they? And even though there's been a couple of wee sore moments, which I'm sure we don't really want to go down and talk about, but aye, it's just been amazing. The summer of European night, European nights here at Celtic Park have just been phew, frightening. When you're asked to pick five moments, you could sit down and write a hundred, couldn't you? It's the most difficult thing to do because as soon as you pick five, another five come to mind because obviously. We said right at the start, you've been here for about four years now. Is it possible to pick a highlight from what's happened over the last four years? Because obviously there's been a lot of special moments, just even in your time here. Do you know, there's aye, there's so many. And recently, since ever since the manager came in, ever since Brendan Rodgers came here, I remember the day when he signed and we were on the South Stand, there was fans everywhere. It started, I don't know what was happening, there was just people arriving from everywhere. Um, and since then... To know it's just been it's been sensational. Do you know what I mean? I, I think if Celtic were playing in the third division and I was getting to come in here, I would be over the moon. I'd still be loving it because it's part of who I'm a. But to be seeing what's happening recently, going for a treble, treble and things like that, frightening. Absolutely frightening. I mean, it is incredible when you think back and, and obviously when you really started going to see the team on your own, that was the early 90s, it was tough. A lot of younger fans can't even begin to imagine what that was like. But to now see us, you know, can through a whole season as invincibles, being the first Scottish team ever to win a double treble, those things, you know, we might we thought maybe we wouldn't have seen them in a lifetime. An open top bus back from Hamden. I mean, it's incredible, and as you say, to be not only to see it as a fan, but to see it as as part of the club, as somebody who works for the club, just makes it. I think for me, and probably for you as well, extra special. Give me goosebumps here, Paul. Aye, it's <laughs> um, aye, it's amazing, isn't it? We're we're in such an amazing time, and I kind of hear myself sound like a wee bit like an old guy sometimes when I'm talking to some of the youngins on the projects or things like that, try to say to them, look, this is amazing, make sure you're soaking this all up here, because this, this isn't just giving it to you, you know what I mean, we've worked hard, the club's no just arrived here for no reason, we've worked so hard to get here, and for me, to be here working when this is all happening, is just unbelievable, it's an addition in it, it's like, in the open top bus, that, I never thought in my life I'd have seen anything like that, standing outside Celtic Park watching that, a bus coming up the road with thousands of fans everywhere it was just unbelievable now obviously you know the rewards for for being here as, as a Celtic fan as you're working for your club but in terms of the actual job itself how you know how tough is it is but also how rewarding it is is it been as you say you're maybe just helping some people get back in the straight and narrow to really you know get a foothold in their life and give them a foundation for moving forward in their futures that must be just as, from one human to another that must be a great thing for you to do spot on absolutely spot on Paul so that's that's the thing I said earlier. So being here at Celtic Park, right, I'd be quite happy to just go and pick the bins up and that, no bother at all. But to get the opportunity to bring somebody in who maybe has not been motivated by other agencies or other different uh, partners across the city, and then all of a sudden, because you say, do you want to come to Celtic Park for 10 weeks, right? Just like you and I would be the exact same. They're walking for Drumchapel to get here to come in. And so you've got quite a captive audience. So if you can help that person who's coming in here, you're trying to help them make a wee difference in their life. If you can do that, then... That's that's what Celtic's all about to me. That's the the dream again, isn't it? That you can actually use this beautiful club, our club, to go and help people who need help. Amazing. 
I think it's always worth, particularly with the foundation, to, to kind of reinforce that to people because obviously it's what the team does in the park is the first and foremost what the club's all about, how successful we always want the team to be successful. But as you say, if Celtic is a name and, and something that people identify with to help people across all different sectors of society, that that's really one of the key things. It's one of the reasons why Celtic, it's the reason why Celtic was formed and it's why we're still doing it over 130 years later. Well, that's it. Anybody who knows your history, as it says, and you can see the statue of Brother Wilfred outside, we were formed for that reason. So obviously we became the biggest club in Scotland, one of the biggest clubs in the world, right? But to go and help people, and you can see it, you've seen it yourself, Paul, you've interviewed people who have come through our projects and they've ended up changing their life. You know what I mean? So it could have went one way and they've used our projects here at Celtic FC Foundation to actually make positive changes in their life. So if I can play the teensiest wee part in that, and I get to come in here every single day, then long may it continue. And I, I, it would be it'd be wrong of me not to, to say in this podcast that we always, you know, internally we have every year, we have a, a thing called a colleague of the year, that every year, you know, one person's chosen from whatever department, you know, just in terms of acknowledging your contribution. And, you know, you were the colleague of the year in 2017. That, again, it's a great achievement, but, you know, as a Celtic fan, to be... Sort of acknowledged by the club and by all your colleagues. How did you feel when when your name was announced? I was slightly jealous, given the fact that I wasn't running for it. But <laughs> but no, it must have been a wonderful feeling. I don't think you were slightly jealous, Paul. <laughs> you were raging. Actually, you threw something at me. Um, aye, that's I, I, again. I don't know how to really kind of sum that up. Do you know what I mean? So I, I'm getting to come in here, getting to do a job that I really really enjoy. Getting to be round about yourself and people like Tony Hamilton. People ask that I used to go. Oh, here's Tony Hamilton, and he's my boss. Um, and getting to meet Celtic players, the manager, one of my most unbelievable things that I've ever um, actually achieved here is to get to know Bertie Old. So Bertie Old will phone me up every now and again and say, right, Alan, son, and I still find that quite breathtaking that Bertie Old's phoning you up and, and he actually phoned me and said, here, I heard you won a wee award there. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, he heard I won an award, he won a European <laughs> Cup, it's Bertie Old. So, aye, to win that was brilliant and obviously you take a wee bit of a ribbon and all that kind of stuff, but for me it's something that I'll have that forever. I'll be able to keep the wee kind of certificate that I go. And obviously, the wee holiday was amazing, I know. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, listen, thanks very much for joining us on the Celtic View podcast. And keep up the good work with Celtic FC Foundation. Thank you, Paul. Hail, hail.